All right, everybody, welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. Today we have Sterling Harris. Sterling, how are you, brother? Man, it's a blessing to be here, John. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here. You guys probably remember Shea Bynes, the energizer buzzy bunny of kingdom entrepreneurship. Shea, if you're listening, love you. You're awesome. After we had our last recording, she goes, hey, you got to talk to Sterling, John. So, hey, a little background, everybody. Sterling, uh, you grew up playing hockey in Minnesota. Is that right? No, no, no I'm sorry. It was football in Texas. Think about football in Texas. You guys that are from down there know what that means. And you were all area, all district, all state. And then you played in the NFL, played for a year, broke your foot and never, ever quite came back from that. And guys, I can so relate to that because I was supposed to go to Top Gun. I had the orders in my hand and I had a an eye fracture playing softball. And man, love to hear more about that, how you, where you were personally, you know, when a dream gets completely taken away and you got to rebuild. But um, folks, uh, what Sterling is doing out in the world, his business is growing like crazy. You just shared with me before we hit record, it has grown 4X. But he is out there, folks, right now with this mission to bring kingdom into everything that he does business, life, family. And in that, I just wanted to share with you some of the things that where Sterling's coming from, because you're going to absolutely, there's going to be so many value bombs. You guys are going to love it. With that, Sterling, I'd love to turn it over to you and just have you share us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, my journey, John, is, is I grew up in a small town in Terrell, Texas, which is like in east, east of Dallas. I grew up kind of in a football town, you know, played football, had that whole identity in football, wrapped up in football. As far as my my spiritual beliefs, I was more of a religious type of works-minded person because that's what I saw modeled by the people around me that I went to church with, that I went to vacation Bible school with the church, all those things. But for me growing up, God was kind of far off in heaven and I was down here just trying to white knuckle it. So I was living in what I call white knuckle Christianity, which is where you're working harder, doing better to try to get God to love you instead of living a mindset that says God lives inside of me through the Holy Spirit, and I need to be led by his spirit and hear his voice and be led by his presence every day of my life. I did not know for almost 15 years of my Christian life that that was available. And it was out of that desperation, out of that hunger, and out of frustration of kind of drinking out of all life's different cups from the philanthropic cup to the party scene to business. I mean, you name it, I drank out of it and nothing could fill that void and religion sure didn't fill it either. But when I began to ask God, Lord, I want to have a relationship with you, but what does that look like? I just got the flowing thought, follow me and I'll show you. And I didn't even know that was actually God speaking to me at the time. I just thought I was having a really, really wise thought. (laughs) Well, you know what, and I want to ask you too, I get the performance mindset because that's what I've been taught my entire life and all my accolades and kudos, even from my family that I grew up in, great family, but everything was just based on what you did, especially at the level that you played sports. And also for me in the military, you don't get kudos, accolades, opportunities, hugs, high fives, unless you perform. And I got to tell you, for me, growing up in the church, going to church every Sunday, I, you know what, I just never connected to the scripture when I was younger that I actually 
yeah, it was almost like, yeah, but right. Yeah. It's grace, but I still, I, I still want to make him happier. And then, you know what, how do you actually perform at a level that makes the God of the universe go, dude, high five, right? Like you can't get there. That's an unachievable bar, but you can get to a place where you get to the end of your life. And he looks at you in the eye and gives you in a hug. And I can imagine this day with his hands on my shoulder and just says, John, well done. And that transition for me took a long time. And I'd love for you to share from that performance mentality. And there's so many business owners that, I mean, that's just how we're wired into a different mindset. How did you make that transition? Well, John, it was really out of like a forced transition because I had, I had come to the place in my life where I had all the things that people said were going to buy you peace and it didn't buy me peace and fulfillment. And I looked around at my friends that had even more money and more influence and more, you know, just more stuff than I had. And because I knew them, I know that they had the same issues of lack of fulfillment, lack of peace. And they were chasing exactly the same thing I was chasing. And I just said, Jesus, I need you to show me like how to do something different. And, and John, it was just, it was just one of those things that it, I reached my rock bottom kind of on top. It was when I had everything that I was like, there's gotta be more. And just over, and I'd like to say, yes, I had some watershed moments and some encounters with the Holy Spirit. At the same time, it was a process of seeking God every day and trying to allow him to work with what I was giving him as he brought me out of a lot of the religious mindsets and performance-based mindsets, which were really hard for me to break out of. And I began to just do the simple things. Like I wrote down what I felt like God's voice sounded like, what my voice sounded like, what the enemy's voice sounded like. And I began to see patterns emerge of, okay, this is when I'm hearing correctly, or this is when I'm hearing the enemy. And like, for instance, the enemy often comes with like fear or accusatory and makes you statements. You're not going to make it. You're not good enough. You're not going to get out of debt. Your business isn't going to make it. Your marriage is going to turn around. It's all out of those you accusatory statements. And they go unchecked and unchallenged, those thoughts, they turn into I statements over a while. You hear people say, well, I'm not good enough. My business isn't going to make it. That probably started with an accusatory you statement that went unchallenged and unchecked. And then I began to know that my voice inside myself, my conscience sounded a little unsettled, but there would come a voice with a flow and a peace and a wisdom to it that wouldn't be my own. And sometimes it would be a flow of thoughts. Sometimes it would be an inner knowing, like everybody's had that gut feeling of I should do something or I shouldn't do something. Everybody said there was a voice at the back of my mind that told me, well, that voice so oftentimes is the voice of the Holy Spirit. People just don't have the context, language, and definitions to really engage that and begin to celebrate that. And as you do, and you celebrate, you take note of it, God will increase that. As Jesus said, be careful what you hear, because the measure that you hear and that you use what you heard, more will be measured to you. It's the law, what I call the law of use. So as I began to celebrate it as if it was God speaking to me, and then God course corrected me with love over time, I realized that God's voice, his active voice sounded like a flow of thoughts, 
an inner unction of peace or lack of peace, like a kinetic feeling. Maybe it was a, mm. I prayed about something and I got the goosebumps or I had a feeling, an overwhelming feeling of peace, or maybe I had an overwhelming feeling of, oh, I shouldn't do that. Sometimes it would come as a mental picture. People say, I had a vision. What does that really mean? It means God is using your imagination, which I believe he created to actually communicate with you and to co-create with you. He'll show you a mental picture of something and you'll get an inner knowing or an impression of what that picture means. And that picture in your mind can be literal, metaphorical. It can be, you know, God loves to use puns and metaphors, but he also speaks literally. And when you put those three categories together, Jesus said, I can only do what I see the father doing. What was that? That was inner visual. I can all, he said, I can only say what I hear the father saying. That was that internal communication. And then we know Jesus was moved along by the Holy spirit and felt things kinetically in his spirit. And Jesus came to model what we can live out here on earth. And so I was living a Christianity that wasn't modeling what Jesus modeled. I was living out a Christianity that was actually a religious-based system instead of an actual inhabitation and leaning on the God inside of you. Because Jesus said that it's better that I go, that I'd send the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come and tell you and guide you in all truth. Well, and you said something I think that I just really want to put an exclamation point on for everybody. And that is, whose voices are you listening to? And have you actually stepped back and, and tried to say, recognize these different voices? Is this the voice of maybe that disapproving coach in high school or that girlfriend or your mom or your dad who honestly probably or you know, or some of those friends that don't care anymore? Is it the voice of the enemy? Think about it. From the day we were created in the image of God in the womb, does anybody out there doubt that our identity in Christ, the works that were prepared for us, the greatness that indwells in you, it's visible to all the heavenlies, right? It also means it's visible to the enemy because they're part of the whole heavenly, you know, shebang going on out there, folks. And guess what? All they have to do is sow some doubt into your identity, doubt that you're able to go do that thing. And what you said, folks, write this down. Are you taking an accusatory you statement and turning it into an I statement? And here is what I have found, because I got challenged even on my own language. Language is so powerful by a pastor who was discipling me because I said, you know, you know, here's the things that were going on. And I did this in my life. And because of that, this is why I feel like I'm in this place with God's blessing or lack of blessing. And the story that I had told myself about all this. And you know what? He looked at me. He goes, John. God doesn't talk like that. (laughs) Whose voice is that? Now, while the facts might be true, that narrative, that is not the father. And you know what, guys? It's a very simple litmus test. Bring everything back to scripture. And would somebody say you're not good enough? You can't be an entrepreneur. You can't speak in front of crowds. You can't have a great marriage. Would God ever say any of those things to you? No. And, you know, immediately then you can say, okay, I'm not listening to the right voice. And if it's hard for you to turn the channel, that's where you got to go get around folks like like Sterling with what you're doing and myself or folks at church or men's group, women's group. But I think if people right there take away whose voice am I listening to and just start thinking from that perspective and bringing God into it, because you know what? 
He wants you to hear him. And he is going to, if you lean into that relationship, he is absolutely going to turn up, not only turn up his volume, but he's going to help you recognize and turn down the volume of this other stuff that I'll guarantee is holding your back. Absolutely, John. You said it best that your identity is the narrative that you tell yourself about yourself. Yep. And so if the narrative- you believe to be true about who you think you are. Exactly. And if that narrative doesn't match up with who God is, and that narrative doesn't match up with love is found in in Corinthians 13, the Amplified Bible. I love, I tell, I'll tell people all the time, if you want a litmus test or you want a barometer, a thermometer of what's going on as far as the thoughts you're listening to, are they God or are they not? Read Corinthians 13 in the Amplified. Is it touchy or fretful? Is it resentful? Does it take a record of a wrong? Is it kind? Is it gentle? Is it not? So when you begin to read, because that's what God's love is. And if it's not mirrored in that, if it's the opposite of that, then it's either the voice of your own conscience with hurts and hangups and wounds that you have from various life experiences and, and beliefs that are not in line with God, or it could be the demonic realm and the enemy. And you have to realize that, look, the facts may be the facts, but you have to also look at the other dimension with the, there's a spiritual realm and a spiritual dimension. And people say, Sterling, you're not dealing with facts. And I said, actually, I'm dealing with something higher than the facts. I'm dealing with truth because truth can change facts. I've seen people that had medically verified issues going on in their body, serious medical issues. We prayed and then supernaturally, the truth that they were healed in the name of Jesus, that changed the facts they were under. There was a lot of facts in my business that said, you know what, a normal person would make this kind of decision, but I'm hearing God tell me to make this decision. I'm going to go ahead and go with it, even though in the natural, it doesn't make sense. And let me tell you, John, it may not always make natural sense to follow God's voice, but let me tell you, it makes dollars. And in my case and other people's cases, and if you will do this yourself, it will make you a lot of dollars <laughs> or a lot of resources, whatever you're, whatever you're buying for. You're buying for better relationships. You're buying for a better marriage. You're buying for, for advancement in your career. You're buying for more influence. All that can be found in following the voice of the Holy Spirit and letting the Bible be that litmus test. You know, it's interesting. I want to pull that apart, right? The facts and the, the, right, the truth can influence the facts because guess what? What we see as a fact, especially in our human experience, this isn't like two plus two equals something other than four, right? If I'm observing maybe in interaction, a dynamic, a business decision, or, you know, even talk to anybody who's a police officer, here's one of their biggest challenges. You get witness statements. Every one of, to every witness who witnessed the exact same thing, their account is completely factual. And if you compare them side by side by side, often they don't even come close to lining up because <laughs> we all have our filters. We saw things from different angles, what you want to do instead of maybe seeing it from the street corner, what God actually sees it from a 360 degree perspective for him. He knows exactly what, not only what is happening, but when you partner with him and you seek not his will for you, because I got to tell you, this was an evolution for me, I think, in the maturity of how God worked with me. 
Because that was my, actually, here was the evolution, Sterling. Here's what John wants. God bless it. Here's my <laughs> goals. Then I, you know, then I got a little more mature and I was like, all right, Lord, what do you want for me? I'm going to seek that. Like, what do you want for John? And then I took what I thought I heard. And then I said, okay, this is what I think I heard. So bless this. And what happened to me, I tell you, like, I love what you said, right? I, I was, I hit rock bottom at the top. That's exactly where I was at 10 years ago when I had my accident that put me in the hospital for two years. Because get, you know what I would do, Sterling? I'd get frustrated because I'm like, yeah, I prayed, I read scripture, I did all these things and I put together this plan and we didn't hit the results. I guess I need to work harder. And guess what I did next year when we got the results? I'm like, well, I'm going to give myself partial credit because I, I worked my butt off. And then the next year I gave myself a little bit more credit. And all of a sudden I slowly drifted away from that true north to this land of just smoldering discontent. I did not know how I got there. I didn't know how to get out. I just knew I was miserable. I was at the top. Well, I, I mean, I was moving up where I wanted to get to. But then I started changing. And this is what God showed me. I, I remember I was, I was just reading in Exodus. When God came down and talked to Moses, he's like, you know, tapping him on the shoulder, said, boy, come on, you're coming with me. We're going to do some big things. We're going to go free a nation. What God showed me in that was this is not God's will for Moses. God's will was to free a nation. And he invited Moses into something so much bigger. And that shifted my entire prayer life, Sterling, to God. What is your will in the life of Sterling Harris? What is your will in the life of, our, of this amazing eternal leadership audience? What is your will for the person I'm going to go have lunch with today? And just show and reveal to me what I need to do to partner with you to serve them and in doing that, serve you. And I got to tell you, that is where I was able to shift away from the performance place through this kind of this arc of maturity. Because you know what? When I took myself out of the equation, you know, Jesus said, die to yourself, right? I got to tell you, for me, that was like I connected to who I was in this process my identity in Christ in, in some of the most stressful situations. You guys have known my story the last many years. It's been some real big highs and lows. But in that, I feel like I've been pretty stable and steady. And somebody asked me about it last night and said, you know, with all the setbacks you've had business-wise and after the accident, don't you just like, have you ever just been in a depression? I said, yeah, dude, totally. I've had some really bad days, but God just keeps putting those small steps in front of me to keep moving forward. And so, you know, in that Sterling, you know, as you've done that, right, transitioning out of the NFL, really connecting to your identity, when you're working with people, and first of all, what's your website? How do people go connect and find you and follow up with you, buddy? So our website is sterlingharris.org. And we have a lot of resources there for people. Our whole ministry is based on people walking their identity as a son and daughter of the Lord through a love relationship with him that is built on two-way communication. So our whole ministry is built around and geared around you hearing God's voice for yourself and then you having a relationship with him and having an internal revival with him, then affecting your spouse, your kids, and then your sphere of influence where you're led by the voice of the Holy Spirit every day of your life and you flow out of that place. So you can connect with us. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. 
You can connect with us online at sterlingharris.org. We have an online platform right now, like an online coaching platform that you can get. I have a book, How to Hear God, 10 Ways God Speaks. We also have a workbook that goes along with that. We have free a lot of free resources on our website. We have a YouTube channel. We have a, a lot of free content that you can get. And we have also some content that you can purchase as well. And our whole heart is for you to get out of any kind of religious thinking that you're in and into a love relationship with you and into a love relationship with Jesus, where you're led by that personal relationship and you're moved along by his love. And so that's really what our heart burns for, because for so many years in my business life and in my personal life, I didn't live like that. I lived off of a performance-based mentality. And what you basically said, John, is that you moved from a performance-based relationship to a partnership with God. And that's where we want people to be is we want people to be in partnership with God, because when you're in partnership with God, you hear his voice and you do, and you know what he wants for a situation and you make those kind of God-based decisions. Eventually over time, they will lead to breakthrough in any area you apply that to whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children, whether it's your, your school life, your work life, whatever the case may be, this hearing God works in any weather, in any season. And over time, it might not look good at the, at the time that you start it, or it might not look good even years into it. You might still face some challenges, but over time, like in my business, when I started out, I think the first year, I think I made maybe less than in the first three or four months of my business, I probably made less than $2,000 in three or four months. That's not a good, not a good deal, John. You know, I wasn't in the red, but I wasn't in the Were black. You married at the time? I was, I was newly married. <laughs> and yeah, I married the NFL player who uh, needs food stamps. Yeah, I, I, exactly. like, like I won the lottery, honey. I'm just. I'm, exactly. I mean, I mean, I'm seriously, John. I've been there, man. I, it, that's hard. I, I, mean, I mean, we had our first child on Medicaid. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, now this year. I'm into the six figures income. So that's, but that was, th but three years ago, it didn't look like that. You know, two years ago, it didn't look like that. I remember when God challenged me a couple of years ago, he said, uh, I want you to tithe a certain amount because this is the amount that I'm telling you to believe for as far as your income per week. And I started tithing that amount, John, from a word from the Lord, not on any kind of religious system from a word that I thought God was saying. And he said, if you do this, so I'm going to break the back of poverty in your life. And I can tell you, John, there's sometimes that it was like 50% of my check. And I was like, but I just believed God was going to do it. And when things got really hard, I said, God, you know, season's coming up where I don't have a lot of freight moving. Do you still want me to do this? And I could, I could, I could hear the flowing thought in my heart. And I saw my mind like a back break. And he said, I'm going to break the back of poverty in your life. And I saw somebody sowing a seed. He said, sow the seed, son. And I can tell you, John, not through my business, but through other means that year, three or four months later, God did break the back of poverty and poverty thinking my life. My house got supernaturally paid off. Our ministry got a, a supernatural infusion. Our lives got a supernatural infusion and things and monies came and resources came from places and people that I would have never thought of. Like literally God poured I it out. I love that too. And I, I just want to highlight to everybody listening is, uh, so Sterling, you know, the Sterling Harris Ministries, 
where you're just discipling people, you're loving on people, you're moving them into that full relationship and married, and you guys run a business that is growing meaningfully. It's 4X in the last year. What's grown 4X is his freight forwarding company. I almost think of Paul, right? Like your tent making activity is you are full in and your ministry, you are full in. And that is such a model of, I think, excellence from a kingdom perspective. But I also want everybody to hear, guys, as you're listening to Sterling, can you guys just hear the, the energy, the excitement, the passion, the joy? Like, dude, it's coming out of every pore. So this journey into understanding who the Father truly is and closing that gap from that person that you see when you look in the mirror and the person Jesus sees when he looks down at you, because the bigger that gap is, when you, I'll tell you right now, what are the opposites of the fruits of the spirit? What's the opposite of love, anger, hate? What's the opposite of joy? What's the opposite of peace? Who feels that anxiety, panic, fear, discontent? When you're feeling those things, I believe it's because that gap between your, your authentic identity and your created identity are so big. And so going on this journey for me has been thinking about having a, a, a life or even it, like my business got wiped out in 2019 before the pandemic. And we had to completely rebuild our customer. Our, our biggest customer failed. It was 60% of our revenue. And all of a sudden I was left with the back half of the year with zero income, Sterling. And I've rebuilt the company, finally got some momentum. I was tired doing it. I was just following God's lead. And then the COVID hit in 2020. And we got this huge, I had to rebuild again. And, but folks, in all that, you know what I felt? And if you guys are close and you're around me, you know that this is the case. Joy, peace, patience. Because my hope was in the Lord. My hope was not in my work ethic. Hope is a noun, which means, honestly, it's certainty of a future outcome. It is not like I want something or I hope that happens. There's a huge difference in context there. So I could keep talking with you. I wish we had some more time. We, we need to have you come back on. Guys, check out Sterling and just, do, buddy, as we, as we wrap up, just any final thoughts for everybody? I just want to encourage you guys that I've told a lot of like testimonies and examples of how you can hear God personally for yourself as a springboard for you to go and hear God for yourself, whether it be for a flowing thought, inner unction, inner visual experience, and often it'll be a combination of all three and just begin to write down your creative process of the Lord. I talk to text mine a lot because I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry a lot of times and I just don't have time to type it on my phone and talking to text is faster. I just want to encourage you to begin to hear God's voice. If you're hearing it already to go deeper with the Lord and just lean on it in all the decisions that you make on an everyday basis. And I just want to encourage you that if you have time to think and talk to yourself, you have time to talk to the Lord because he lives inside of you. So that's one, one thing that I want you to take away is that God lives inside of you and start acting on that information, because when you act on information, it really becomes wisdom applied to your life. That revelation can now begin to take action. And I'm telling you, even if it doesn't make sense, if you hear God's voice 
on a continual basis about something and make God-based decisions over time, you will see breakthrough in every area of your life. I'm a living testimony to that. And if God can do it for me and John, he can do it for anyone because me and John have been super up against it in different ways. And everybody has prison experiences in their lives, whether you feel stuck in some kind of situation, God will guide you out of it, but it's through making God-based relational decisions with him that it will happen in God's timing and God's will. Dude, that's awesome. Way to land the plane right on the carrier deck, three wire, boom. All right, my man, keep rocking them alive out there. Everybody out there, uh, man, reach up to God. Reach out to your brothers and sisters. This is a team sport and know that in God's eyes, you are absolutely amazing. All right, man. Love you, brother. Keep rocking. Love you too, John. Thank you so much.